everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 Podcast Hot Takes Wednesday edition. Tommy is live on Twitch with me, and the people on there will be able to see his video. He was mimicking me there, doing a bit of a <laughs> doing a bit of going along with me, which was yeah. you know, clearly I don't mix it up enough. Uh, do I, Tommy? Welcome, the WTF1 founder. Hello. How are you doing, mate? You good? I'm good. Looking forward to some end of season hot takes i asked for ones about kind of this season ish okay so we'll we'll see what what goes down but before we get into this hot takes wednesday i feel like we need to talk about something tommy and that's the fact that well you were supposed to come but you got ill but i went to dubai and spent some time with charles leclerc yes we did tease it on twitch and i think maybe on the podcast as well maybe even gave it away i think in the watch alongs but I definitely gave it away in the watch-alongs. But I wanted to talk about this because first and foremost, this uh, podcast and live stream on Twitch is sponsored by uh, the F122 game, EA Sports F122. Yeah, you can buy it right now. Link in, if you're in Twitch, there's a pinned comment. Go and buy it if you fancy it. If not, link will be, I imagine, in our... In the podcast description. Podcast podcast description. It'll be somewhere. Um, But I just wanted to talk about it, Tommy, just purely because I feel like... I haven't rubbed it in your face enough uh, spending oh, time yeah, with Charlotte Claire. An hour and a half as well. Not even 20 minutes or 12 minutes like we had in Miami. One and a half hours and it was still hectic. Like three videos we filmed, one of which has gone out, by the way. So go and check that out uh, where we did a track guide around Abu Dhabi and then we blindfolded him to try and guess where I was on the track. Give him like a five, six second snippet of audio. That's it. All he had was audio. And I won't give away how good he was, but you can imagine he's a Formula One driver, so reasonably good. And we also filmed two other videos, which aren't out yet. Oh, they're spicy. I'm looking forward oh, to them. Oh, they are good. Have you seen the second one yet? Uh, I've seen this. I've seen some of the second one, yeah. Ooh. So the second um, one, just as a, yeah. a sneak peek, is a, is a forfeit challenge. That's all I'm going to say. Both myself and Charles had to put something down. If the other person w- uh, won, what would they do as a forfeit? And uh, it was basically a hot lap challenge on the controller. So uh, it was tight. It was close. And it was very, very exciting. So that's coming out very soon. And then the third video, which, again, was all thanks to F122, is uh, a Christmas video, which, of course, will not go out in November. I said there is no chance in hell this is going out in November for a Christmas video. It's like people putting up Christmas trees before the 1st of December. It's sacrilege. Tommy, is your Christmas tree up? Oh, sorry. I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are you that guy that's just left up all year? Because I think that if I if I lived on my own, that could be a, a really really high possibility. No, I'm not. I'm not against. Uh, I, to be honest, soon I'll probably end of November. I think is fine. But so before anyway, right? It's hot takes Wednesday time. That's why you've tuned into this podcast <laughs> and why you've tuned into this uh, live stream on Twitch. WTF one official. If you don't follow us already, right? I've 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 basically just um I've uh, what's the word showed off enough. <laughs> <laughs> about me spending time with Leclerc. But go check out those videos. Uh, they will be coming out, the other two, uh, very soon. Let's get into the first hot take of the evening, shall we, Tommy? Let's do it. Uh, just to remind everybody, when we put a hot take up, if you're live on Twitch, we will put a rating up uh, between one and five. One is you completely disagree with that hot take. Five is you completely agree with that hot take, and it's absolute fire, okay? So that's as easy as it gets, and if you're listening on audio, we will let you know via talking <laughs> so there you go Indeed. right let's get into 
Hot take number one. The W13 wasn't as bad as Mercedes fans say it was. They've just been spoiled by years of success. That comes in from Iovane 18. Mm. Um, I this is a this is a partisan one, isn't it? Of like, who is... do you support? Basically, wasn't as bad as Mercedes fans say it was. Just... Well, this is difficult because it depends who you judge it. I, yeah, as. what you're judging it on. I would yeah. say yes because, I mean, people are acting like it's the worst car ever, and I imagine a fan of every other team thinks, "Oh, boo-hoo! The worst car you've ever made wins one race." gets goodness knows how many Constructors' Championship points, loads of podiums, probably on its day, sometimes the second best car on the grid. And that's the worst car that Mercedes have built in a very long time. And, you know, some even saying that it's the worst car Hamilton's ever driven in his career, which I would disagree with. But There was one uh, year anyway. McLaren wasn't there. That was yeah, quite, 2009, uh, yeah. Quite a difficult um, one. But, but he I did think get a win. He did get a win. Um, so I would say I go four for this because I think there'll be a lot of other fans that, you know, talking the W13 and I think there was a story recently that said Toto is going to put the W13 like in reception as a reminder of the tough times. And, um, again, every other team is probably like, guys, you know, we didn't even get a podium this year and. How many how many podiums did Mercedes get in the end? I'm going to say a lot, 15, 16, yeah. if you had both drivers together. So um, something along those lines. I'm sure Chet will tell me that that's wrong, but it's a, it's a lot of podiums. They got to win. And if that's a bad car, at the end of the day, it's credit to Mercedes. What a great team they are, isn't it? If, you, if that's a bad car. It certainly is. I think it comes down... I think it comes down to expectation. If you are a Mercedes fan, yes, this W13 was a bad car, especially in the first half of the season, the porpoising that they were struggling with, how you know, Hamilton had an absolutely horrendous qualifying in Saudi, wasn't it? Where was it? He was out in yeah, Q1. Yeah, Saudi was out in Q1. Um, yeah, that was... So things like that, which are completely unheard of. And I, I, can, I can say that if I would completely say that the Mercedes fans were onto something if that first half of the season carried on into the second half of the season and that was what was going on where they were being knocked out in Q1 and Q2 and really struggling. But they came good in the end and Mercedes fans are a victim of their own success because they expect them to win almost every single race weekend. It didn't happen. The car is was definitely not bad come the end of this year. It worked in specific small windows, high altitude seeming to be one of those windows that they could work quite well in. So I would I would say oh, I can't go points. It's either a three or a four, but I'm going to go oh. with a four. I'm going to go with a four as well. Okay, Tommy, you're just going to choose it for me. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I'm going to go with a four. <laughs> um, because yeah, I think that it's it's been a reality check uh, for Mercedes as a team and also for their fans as well. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, the poll, and eight percent went for one, eight percent went for two, twenty percent went for three, forty percent went for four, and twenty five percent went for five. So that's a brilliant hot take from Ia Vane. And um, we just had yeah. a look at the the season. Seven races in a twenty two race season, they weren't on the podium, and it's the and it's a dog of a car, uh, as they w would say themselves. So, yeah, just just shows how good Mercedes have been recently. And 
there'll be of course a lot of um formula one fans coming from um drive to survive or even pre-drive to survive in like 2014 in the in the hybrid era it's mad mad to think that you could be watching formula one for eight seasons uh and this is the worst mercedes have ever done um and it's not exactly a bad car so uh, it's a race winning car which is wild isn't it when you think about it yeah it really is um yeah it's just i just don't think it's fair to to go that extreme but either or we uh we move on now to the second hot take of the evening if i can click the right thing here we go right the second hot take is all drivers who lost their seat for next season deserved to do so all right let's go through the list then shall we mick schumacher yes yes daniel ricardo Yes. yes. Uh, Nicholas Latifi? No. Yes. No. Come on. <laughs> Justice for Latifi. Look, he shouldn't have scored points. And Mondri said, look, it only does. It was only good at defending that car, not not attacking. Uh, I think that's what he said. Uh, but no, I agree with that. Um, who else have we got? I mean, Sebastian Vettel retired. That's not. Yeah, exactly. so that doesn't count. That's it. That's it. That's a five then. Yeah, I think it's a five. That's a solid five. Uh, let's do the poll. I don't think I mean, who could you really argue there, Tommy? Is there anyone? Mick Schumacher? I think a few uh, people he, might. There's there's some Mick stands that will uh, defend his, um, yeah, his season. Um, I think people will have very much. Um, what's the word? What's the phrase when you have like spl- recent memory bias, whatever it is? Uh, recency bias. Yeah, recency bias. That's it. Um, because I think we're we. If we, have, if we take the whole season into account, he wasn't good enough, was he? No. I, I love the, the recency bias when he crashed into Latifi in his last race, but it does show, yeah, like he's, he's, yeah, unqualified 20th where Magnuson got pole. Like the, these are moments that define your, keep, <laughs> your keep, career, really. Keep shooting. Keep shooting, Tommy, though. What, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't think um, Mick did enough. Um, and it's sad to see because, you know, a lot of us, uh, would have wanted him to succeed, but I just don't think he did. So uh, you can't defend Ricardo for his um, season. It's been poor, and yeah, Latifi was not. I mean, I think it's going to divide a lot of people with with Mick. Um, I think a lot of people think that Mick is uh, maybe not had the rub of the green with um, Haas and some of their decisions and stuff, but he's the one that put it in the wall quite a lot and cost him a lot of money. So you can't really blame Haas for getting a bit miffed with him by the end of it because they're probably going, yeah, we, we have no money left thanks to you. So it's not really um, a surprise. Camper one, two, four in the chat says Mick didn't deserve to lose his seat to Hulkenberg though. A young driver. Yes, but not Hulkenberg. Now we've spoken about this before, I think in a, in a live stream on Twitch. Yeah. I, I completely disagree with that. Firstly, everyone calling Hulkenberg washed and, you know, he's an old rubbish driver, never scored a podium. Everyone just latches on to never scored a podium, never scored a podium. But the man is a very good driver. Now, I'm going to quickly look up his career amount of points. And so he's had 181 starts and scored 521 points. Yes, he hasn't had a podium. Yes, I will agree he has bottled it in big positions where he could have got a podium. But Haas aren't going to be fighting for podiums. They need a driver that they can rely on that is not going to be binning it in the wall every week. Watch this be clipped up when he bins it in the first three races of the season. And 
I think that Hulkenberg is absolutely a decent call for them if they are running out of money and can't afford for Mick to go through a learning phase where he's getting knocked out in Q1, starting last or crashing into the wall and, and things like that. So I, I don't think it's fair to write off Hulkenberg as hard as, as some people are. No, you look at the the seasons that um, Nico Hulkenberg, yeah, like, like you say, it looms over him, doesn't it? The whole podium, the whole, he's never, never got a podium, but you look at, the the cars that he's driven throughout his career, you know, 2010, he was in a Williams, 2011, he was in a Force India, 2012, barring maybe, I want to say maybe like four odd Sergio Perez podiums when he was at uh, Force India, no car he's driven was a podium finisher. Um, and, you know, Perez is, especially was when he was in a midfield car was the absolute anti-Hulkenberg. He was the king of... He was the opposite to Olkenberg, whereas sometimes he wouldn't beat him in the season. But a crazy race, he's there on the podium. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a shame for Holkenberg's career um, because that kind of defies him. But you look where he's finished. Um, and you, actually, you just look at his um, look at his like Wikipedia page and stuff. He's like a consistent points finisher, like all the time in a midfield car. Um, a lot of solid points finishes mr p7 as he was called a lot uh for a long time you look at his results it's like sixth seventh sixth sixth eighth seventh ninth sixth yeah literally like he he's just consistent and that's what has need there's no doubt in my mind that if hulkenberg had been there at the start of the season he's getting probably the same points magnuson if not more yeah and I that's put and that's agree. putting that's putting Haas higher up in the construction style so that's what they need. Uh, the argument I think from Campo came back was that it's not that he's bad, it's just they're not building towards anything and we'll need to replace him in two seasons. What I would maybe argue is it seems as though Formula One is going down a route where as long as the drivers fit healthy and sharp, they'll go for as long as they want, especially if you're Fernando Alonso, you're 41 years old. <laughs> yeah. If Hulkenberg still has got it, Haas don't necessarily need to bin him off in two years. He's 35 years old now. But Alonso's 41 and proving that it's possible. So, yeah, it's. I don't think it's... And, and even Hamilton said you know, he's going to carry on for another however many years. Now, I'm not putting Hulkenberg in the same realm as as Alonso and, and Hamilton, but it shows that it's possible. So Don't worry, I, I, I won't put that clip on Twitter. <laughs> what, what, Hulkenberg is, uh, is yeah, in, in the there in the, in the GOATS debate. Lovely. <laughs> so uh, a pair of fives from us then, yeah? Yeah. Lovely. Let's take a look at the... Oh, the polls disappeared. Oh, the polls disappeared. We were chatting for too long. I think it said 60% was uh, was five. It was uh, a lot of fives. Yeah, it was a, a lot, lot of fours, of fives. and then not many threes, twos, and ones. Yes, yeah, so everyone agreed. Um, so there you go. Uh, we, we spoke too long on that one. Right. Let's go to hot take number three. If Lando and Max switched seats... Lando would be world champion. Yes. Oof. I agree. Uh, mm, I don't he, think it would have been as easy. Nowhere near as easy, but I think but I he think, probably might have just got him, yeah. I think, no, that, I think yeah. It's like a th- Max won the title by a hundred and how many points? Surely Lando is going to be in there 
Like, it's not yeah, be... although we've spoken about it before that getting into a top team changes. Like, we don't know that Lando's not a Nico Hulkenberg, right? Yeah. So I think that that's where I'd say there's no doubt in my mind that Lando Norris is one of the best drivers on the grid. Um, he's not winning the title, uh, the amount of points Max has. Uh, not even close. But I think he would be um, maybe Perez over, over a season. Uh, I rate him higher than Perez. And yeah, um, I think we'd have seen more, we'd have seen more incidents kind of like Charles Leclerc where he's not quite there yet. And you might see the odd um, mistake and say he's under pressure. It, not not the same level as Max because Max has driven a championship winning car now for the last couple of years. That's why he's so dominant. So, oh, it's kind of a... I see. I I think it would be a close title if they weren't playing team favourites between Leclerc, Perez, and Lando. I think Lando would probably just do it, but I can't be like flat out yes. So I'm gonna say a three. I wish I could give. I wish we could give three and a half. Of a three because really? so you no. you got to take the statement as it is. If Lando and Max switch seats, Lando will be world champion. You made it far too complicated yeah. for yourself there, Tommy. Would he be world champion? In his first season in a Red Bull. Without any... Never having won a race before. Oh, it's difficult. I think so. The car's very good. Lando's very good. But... I mean, look, let's let's say, for example, mm. like, you know, people are speaking about maybe his mentality and stuff like that. And we look back to Russia. Yeah, he got the call wrong, but that was one of the, the the most crazy ends to a race ever where it was a downpour and it was a 50-50 decision. Hamilton even said that he would have done opposite to whatever Lando did. Um, but up until yeah, that point, exactly. Lando showed the absolute win the race. metal yeah. that he was going to win that race. Um, so I would say that, yes, yeah, I, I do I'd... think it would be a world champion. Yeah, fair. Four. Okay, four. <laughs> I'm going to go with five. Um, so there you go. Good. <laughs> Matt, what do you have against Max? What, what do you mean? What do oh, I have? God, what, what's, this, what's this got to do with anything? What do you mean, Marco man? What am I saying? We're literally talking about Lando. We're, do, we're talking about Lando. Yeah. How have you made this about Max? That's just that I mean, is. It, it's we we literally said that he wouldn't have got as many points as Max. Yeah, no one where, would have got anywhere close. I don't think to yeah. Max in that. Max might football. have got it. What would Max do in the McLaren? He would have got three podiums. Yeah, I agree. I think so. There you go. Look, relax. Don't, don't don't do that. You know, don't don't form your own narrative chat. Right. <laughs> well, I say chat, Marco man. Right, moving on to the next. Wait, no. The poll. Let me check the poll first. 34% 5, 32% 4, 22% 3, 10% 2, 2% 1. So yeah. Some quite heavy today. on the 4 and the 5. There you go. Okay, next hot take. And hot take number four, the penultimate of the pre-submitted ones. Before we go to the chat, have a think about if you have any hot takes in your brain that you want to share in the Twitch chat. Sebastian Vettel will not come back from his retirement as a driver. I, <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. It is uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think Seb himself has been reported to say that or he has said that he he would see himself as a as a failure if he came back to Formula One because he's going into this next path of his life. Um, 
I so many drivers, Alonso and uh, Hamilton are convinced, but I don't think they're in the same mindset as Sebastian Vettel. They're both they've got, convinced, aren't yeah. they? But didn't yeah. they? When there's things spoken about Seb's, it's not the racing, he can still race, et cetera, et cetera, but there's other parts in his life that he wants to focus on now. Um, we want to spend time with his <laughs> with his kids, and it's a long, long old calendar now, isn't it? Yeah. A long yeah. old calendar. Uh, and obviously... You know, I've said before about said it in our watch along that he went on BBC Question Time, that polit- political show in the UK. You know, got asked a lot of questions about how can a Formula One driver be an environmentalist when you're flying around the world and driving cars around and burning fuel essentially for for enjoyment and uh, entertainment. So, uh, which I don't agree with, and I think he answered it extremely well. Um, but I think he does genuinely care about that, and that he's seen it so much. That's his mission, and he, it sounds like he gave something out to the drivers to sort of say, you know, continue on my legacy and really pushing for this environmental stance in Formula One. So I think, I think it is time up for for Seb. I'd, I'd be amazed. I can't, I can't see what what Formula One could do to make him change the mind because at the end of the day they're not going to have less races they're not going to be electric they're not going to have a calendar that makes any sense environmentally and logistically so i will say five okay and i wish um, i didn't yeah my brain is saying one thing um my <laughs> heart's heart. saying another i i am more of the opinion yes that he probably won't come back i I mean i'd love to see him come back and you never say never but as you kind of highlighted there tommy there's more at play here seb's in a different kind of mindset in the sense of why he's doing this there's more than just you know he's not winning that obviously that's a factor but it is a factor uh, i mean he's admitted that himself yeah it's more but there yeah, is a lot more to it. it. And, you know, he stood up for, for so many things over, especially the last season, which has been amazing to see. And and as you say, some of them kind of contradict what he does as a Formula One driver. So I'm going to go with four. I, I can't I can't go with a five because, as I say, you never know in a few years' time. 2026, Audi gives him a call. What are you saying, Seb? What are you up to, mate? Come along. Have a, just have a little, have a little, <laughs> have a little test. See what happens. Uh, the poll: sixty-six percent say five, twenty-four percent say four, six percent three, one percent two, and two percent one. So a lot of people reckon Seb will never come back, and maybe it's because as well it felt like he was retiring. Like you can't be, you can't be getting everyone out to run round the track in the Asmarina. Only to come back a few years later, like, hey, everyone, <laughs> I know we did that whole, like, running around, say bye-bye to me sort of thing, only to come back. But it was I like don't a know. big Felipe, parade, Felipe Massa crying oh. as he was walking down the pit lane with the Brazilian flag. And then he's like... A big, oh. big cash injection wasn't there from yeah. from Williams to... to stay on. To come back uh, or to stay on. Yeah. Okay, cool. So five was the uh, majority answer for that one. The final hot take is Nick DeVries shouldn't have gotten the seat at Alpha Tauri. Wow. Going straight in there with that one, huh? I, I, in my sort of initial feeling of this was like, 
it's a little bit premature. Like I don't feel like he's really proven himself too much in the Formula One aspect. Um, of course, he's had his amazing moment at Monza. But do, then, do I, yeah, do I dare say a hot take that um, Nick DeVries had probably one of the easiest job interviews for a Formula One seat in the world to basically don't get me wrong he did amazingly well and he took his chance and you can't really you can't begrudge people for taking his chance uh you know we've said it before where it's like oh well George Russell had it easy when he had that Mercedes seat when Bottas was in the worst form of his life and it was secure where it's quite easy but Nick DeVries had driven that car um kind of a, like done a, done quite a bit of like FP1 running and stuff. He'd got in the Williams. It's Monza that's not not a lot to it in terms of a track, extremely well suited to Williams and his teammate was Nicholas Latifi. Now, I think it's just the fact that he managed to stick it in the points and stay there, I think was an incredible achievement. Um, but I think a lot of drivers could have taken that opportunity as well um and i think it was just he had his had his chance and he took it and fair play to him he took it he passed he and he rode that hype wave and um it's crazy to me because i didn't think there was any way he was getting a seat and then suddenly it's like Nick DeVries to Alpine, Nick DeVries to AlphaTauri, Nick DeVries to yeah. Williams, Nick DeVries to Mercedes, Nick DeVries to Ferrari. You're like, what? Um, so, yeah. Uh, mm, it's a tough one. Because if you're yeah. Liam Lawson, I, I'd be piffed off. It's, yeah, especially when he's been <laughs> he's been waiting in the wings. We saw Liam Lawson in free practice in Abu Dhabi, didn't we? And, and he did a, a very good job. Good job. Solid job, uh, yeah. Very good job there. Um, now, it's not saying that Nick DeVries hasn't proven himself because of course like he's been a Formula E world champion he's won Formula 2 um, it's more the fact that I just as an Alpha Tauri seat I could understand if they placed him at Williams no one could have seen that coming like, I didn't because Alpha Tauri well I say Alpha Tauri they finished ninth in the constructors which uh, make, makes them yeah. a, a, a back of the grid team which is crazy to think out loud because in my head Alpha Tauri is like a mid-pack midfield team and they're really good and I expect them to take a step forward next year uh, but yeah, I was very shocked to see them go with that. And as you say, a very strange uh, decision to go with him rather than Liam Lawson. I don't know. There must, of course, been many other things behind closed doors that were spoken about. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's that he shouldn't have got the seat. It was more like, I'm quite surprised that he did get the seat. Uh, it's less harsh. I think it's not as... Uh... Yeah, it's not like a... I, I, don't, I don't want to sit here and go, he absolutely category doesn't deserve to be in Formula One and in that seat, because that's not true. Um, you know, he had a he had a chance to prove himself in Formula One and he did a great job. Um, so fair play to him. But do I think he should have got that Alpha Tower drive? Maybe not. So I'm gonna sit on the fence and say three. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna go with a three as well. Um, uh, because he did an amazing job at Monza. You can't take that away from him. Just to, to I know we say oh it's an easy track and stuff, but to jump in and to perform and to score points on your first race in Formula One is, you know, cannot be understated. So on that side, I can understand why teams took an interest. But yeah, I think I wouldn't have been so surprised if it had been at Williams. Let's put it we, that way. We mentioned Lawson. One thing that I 
haven't seen a lot of people talk about is Alex Albon. I think I'd be at the end of the day, he's still a Red Bull driver. Um, and That's a very good point. I don't. I've not seen many people talk about that. He's doing a very good job at Williams, like solid. He's done. You know, there's obviously the joke that he scored points less time that George Russell took, um, and he's done a solid job. He's a Red Bull junior. He didn't have the luxury that Gasly got, where they put him straight back in an Alpha Tauri. And I wonder. I know he got confirmed. Maybe he got confirmed too early, but I do wonder if part of Alex Albon is like. I'm not, not. I should be in that. Like, can we swap their contracts? <laughs> what's what's yeah, Albon's? Yeah, because Albon Albon signed a Williams contract, but I don't wow, know. Was it for two years? Was it ever disclosed how many years? Uh, I'm not hundred. I can't remember how long. Uh, I mean, from an from Albon's head, perspective, but... maybe on one side, if it is longer than a year that he signed, and that's the reason why not. I can understand from Albon wanting some security, but also going like, ah, I probably. Probably shouldn't have signed that. Uh, yeah, because, I think uh, yeah, because don't get me wrong, Alvatari have had a stinker of a year, but a not lot of Williams Twitch chat. Bad. By the way, Tommy, a lot of Twitch chat going. Wow, Tommy, you've blown my mind. <laughs> Fair point. Never heard any talk of Albon. No, it's weird, isn't it? Because he is he is the Red Bull driver that they were so desperate to keep on. They didn't fire him. You know, he's got Red Bull still on his helmet and stuff. Horner were was trying to cling on to him really so that might be the hottest reaction to a hot take <laughs> we've ever had chat can we get some uh, ratings of tommy's talk about album there because i reckon that's a straight five um <laughs> so well done tommy enjoyed that and whilst you're doing that as well chat get your uh hot takes in and we will uh while we're them out, and there's the fives coming in while we're waiting for one we didn't actually go into the ricardo thing we said we we're going to do because well, let's talk I, about I, ricardo um i think that it's just weird. Um, I guess so. For context, yes. For context, he's 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 now <laughs> third. Think... Sorry, third driver at Red Bull. Um, so four cents and third, technically. For, so for, that's his official title is third yeah, driver. Who who gets to drive if uh, Verstappen can't race? Is it Lawson or is it Ricardo? Ricardo, I'd say. So what's Lawson now then? Reserve. Uh, no, no, sorry, it's AlphaTauri Reserve, I believe. Oh, it's only AlphaTauri Reserve. Yeah, yeah. So what I would say is <laughs> he's essentially left Red Bull because he didn't want to race against Max Verstappen and then wound himself back up at Red Bull, but not in a race seat. That's a that's a Fernando Alonso bad level of career move for a start. However, also, I know there's a lot of people saying this, could he have played a blinder if Perez is getting, you know, is not happy with how he's been supported at Red Bull? Uh, maybe next year um, things don't go his way still, and Max is still getting the the number one treatment, which you wouldn't blame Red Bull for because you know that's, that's how it is, and. Um, Max is one is the one that won the title by 150 points. So, I at first I'm like that is an odd move, but I guess it, it he's rolling a dice of going. I could be in the house and finish ninth or tenth every week, or I've got a slim chance at grabbing 
back in the Red Bull that's now the best, the best car on the grid. Not even, you know, a top team anymore. They're they're the best team now. So yeah. It's yeah, I, I the more and more I think about it, the more I'm like, I kind of make sense because it seems as though Danny Rick genuinely needs a recharge. I think if he had knocked on the door hard enough, Haas would have let him in. So I don't think it's a case of whether or not they would he have didn't actually... knock on the door at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think if he had just knocked on the door, rung the doorbell, uh, Gunter Steiner probably would have uh, welcomed him with open arms, and I would have loved to seen that duo work together. But uh, you know, going to Red Bull, as you say, there's a lot of chatter. A lot of people going, "Oh, Perez is going to go out. He's going to get kicked out." Danny Rick back to Red Bull in 2024, and and things like that. And it could be the case. It's going to be very important when Danny Rick tests the car, whether he'll get a free practice run out as well, things like that next year for him to prove that he actually does still have it. Yeah. He's going to have to do some simulator work, which isn't going to be able to really tell you anything, but those moments where he actually gets to go in the red Bull current year car, that's when he needs to shine and show that he's not the Daniel Ricardo McLaren driver. That was half a second off Lando. He needs to prove that that was just a blip. And I hope it was just a blip. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Red Bull, you know, they could they could sign him for, you know, whatever, really. Like, they were the the strong sort of party in that negotiation because Danny Rick kind of came crawling back a little bit, didn't he? Um, so they've yeah. got him there. He can simmer him, see if he's uh, any good, and, of course, use him for marketing. And it's an absolute blinder for Red Bull. I mean, it works for, it, so, works someone... for them three. Someone also, I saw someone on Twitter mentioned that it kind of puts a bit of pressure on Perez as well uh, for, you know, when it's not, don't necessarily think it's fair, but obviously if Perez is getting annoyed that, yeah, that, you know, the, the team is all centered around Max, which it is, and Perez is kind of a bit like, well, I'll leave then. They can be like, okay, well, we've got Daniel Ricciardo. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. they, they've got someone there, so it puts a bit of pressure on him. And then it's up to Perez whether he says, "Do you want? Do you want to?" Then he has to make that choice of you're against Max Verstappen in the best car. You're not really going to beat him in the title, but you're going to pick up wins here and there when Max isn't on his A game or has a problem. Or you go to a midfield, but. I mean, he spent his whole career trying to get in a top car and a lot of people would go, you're absolutely crazy to um, to leave that. So, but that's Formula One. And that's what Bottas did as well. You know, he, he did, was yeah. at Mercedes, but then he just couldn't take the pressure and of, you know, week in, week out, season in, season out of having to try and perform at a level where sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. Um, and Perez, yeah, I think the messaging will be you either fall in line and do as you're told, <laughs> or we've got Danny yeah. Rick in, in the wings, who is a very yeah. competent driver and won races for us. Very interesting situation to monitor next year, isn't it, Tommy? Uh, and one yeah, where hopefully food. we get Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen on the sofa. My girlfriend, Soph, is absolutely praying for that piece of content to come back because it's uh, like a warm yeah. hug, uh, that, yeah, that content. They're great. They're great together. They are great together. I hope uh, they do have some content uh, in uh, next season. Okay, right. That is, I think, about that. Would you say, Tommy? I believe so. Yeah. No, good stuff. Right, chat. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to this Hot Takes Wednesday episode. 
Uh, I want to say that we'll be back next Wednesday. Will we? Maybe. Fingers crossed. Mm. We might do a hot takes Tuesday. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, We'll be live uh, on Twitch uh, a few more times uh, before the month is out. I can promise you that. And um, I appreciate you all for coming and joining this. Uh, We've got actually, we might, Tommy, do you reckon we'll do our end of season podcast live on Twitch? I reckon so. Yeah, I think we should. Would Uh, you like that chat? End of season podcast live on Twitch? Mm. And we'll we'll also go through our ABCDF1 driver ratings for the year, which we'll do on Twitch as well, because we did the mid-season one. I feel like people liked it, even though we're on Twitch for a very long time. But we've got to keep you entertained, don't we, in December? Yeah. Sideshow Steve-O said no, uh, so we won't be doing it. Everyone else said yes, but I just saw one no, and I was like, ah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, also, we've got our reacting to our 2022 predictions, which we'll do live on Twitch as well. So lots of content coming Mm -hmm. your way chat so you've got lots to look forward to over the coming weeks uh yes the f1 season is over but no don't worry we'll still be in your ears if you're listening uh to our podcasts uh, or if you're live with us on twitch then come and join us as well if you don't follow us on twitch already wtf1 official big thanks as well to f122 uh, for sponsoring this uh what podcast and watch along uh, the link as we said is uh pinned on Twitch and also uh, in the description of the podcast player that you're listening to. So we're going to go raid somebody now. But before we do that, we'll say goodbye to audio listeners. Adios. Farewell. Bye. Bye. Bye.